0: All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com ETM and use code ETM at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com ETM and use code ETM.
1: With supply chains becoming more complex I know you've got
0: questions about investing and what the heck is the stock market doing, and I'm right there with you. You turn on the news and all you hear, besides, of course, the latest about COVID, is how hot the stock market is right now and how terrible the economy is. I mean, how can those two things even go together? Not to worry though, Michelle Snyder, author of Plant Your Money Tree and director of trading research and education at marketgage.com is back by popular request to share what you need to know about investing in the stock market for the rest of 2020 and beyond. You're listening to
1: Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur Shana compton Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week,
0: I received over 15 emails from March to September this year requesting a market overview recap with Mish, who has been a guest on the show many, many times over the last few years. If you listen to those episodes, you know how much I love, love, love her book, Plant Your Money Tree, for demystifying investing and in market trends. It's just one of the best books I've really read about this topic. Her commentary is such great food for thought, even if you're new to investing. She's sharing all about market trends like Zoom and Peloton, how the stimulus bill might affect the market, will the election change the market, and some easy tips you can use to figure out which way the market might be headed. Take a listen and be sure to share this episode with a friend or two so we can all be in the know. Well, Mish, I am so excited to have you back on the show. You are actually a requested guest from many of the listeners, so thank you so much for being here again. Oh, thank you, Shanna. And thank you to your people who requested my return. So I appreciate that very
2: much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, we talked in, I think it was December, and when it feels like centuries ago now. And then we talked again in March when, uh, you know, everything, the proverbial, you know, what was hitting the fan. And, uh, we were kind of looking ahead and now we're, we're sitting here September, mid-September, and we've been in this, this COVID state around the world for many, many months now. And, you know, there's so many different questions about the market because, of course, the market is not reflective maybe of what's going on with economy. So I just wanted to throw it over to you a little bit. We'll keep this, this one a little fluid. You know, what is what is the market doing since our last conversation?
2: Well, since March, it did nothing but rally. You had a tremendous move up. In fact, with the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500, you went to new all-time highs up until right after, or actually right before Labor Day. So um, the few reasons for that, number one is that the uh, number of cases and the de- devastation that people were expecting as comparing it to, say, the Spanish flu, which was really the best point of comparison that we had as far as a global pandemic, it paled in comparison. So that brought hope. The government immediately started offering stimulus. That really helped. And then uh, people that were home with nothing to do started trading the market so we had this flood of speculators that we did not really have in the market before i'm sure you guys have heard about the robin hood traders they were a big part of it yeah but it was yeah so it wasn't just the robin hood traders people were taking their stimulus checks and they were entering the the stock market and buying everything that they thought would go up the most so they were really heavily long tech mainly apple amazon google They all went crazy and and ran to new highs until recently. Then some of the newer tech companies that had come out also did very, very well. Zoom, of course, being the classic example. And then on top of that, they were buying clean energy, which is interesting because at a time where the demand for energy was going down, obviously with people staying home, the clean clean energy stocks were doing extraordinarily well. So that's what happened up until really the end of the summer, and of course, that money now that was given out to consumers and to small businesses is on the table with Congress and the Senate, with the stimulus bill, number one, and the Fed, which also contributed a lot, they bought up bonds, they bought up stocks, even though technically they're not supposed to, they sort of did it through corporate bonds. Uh, they lowered the interest rates to basically zero. And then, of course, there was a, a tax reduction uh, and regulate deregulation. So all of this helped us to get to the point where we got. And of course, not all of the market participated in that rally. It was very, very concentrated in these few areas.
0: Yeah. So a, c- a couple of follow-up questions from that. Uh, of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but But um... Looking back, you know, seeing some of these trends that have emerged be being like the fitness industry, which uh, Peloton and a lot of those companies have seen, you know, massive increases, pet, I've even seen like Chewy.com, a lot of the pet industry, of course, the biotech industry, Zoom, all these different trends that we've seen really emerge and do well. Does that continue in, in, in the future? If you're, if you're someone and you're just getting into investing, do you say like, oh, man, I just missed the boat? Or, or do you still look for some of those trends to continue on in the future?
2: Well, I would say if you were first tuning in, you kind of missed the boat uh, in that if you just take one of those examples. So let's take a look at Peloton, which actually reported unbelievable sales. The, the first, best, first quarter they turned to profit in the best quarter they ever had. And of course, the stock didn't even match the high in anticipation which was the high that was put in on Thursday, September 9th, excuse me, September 10th, and instead is now down, as we're talking on Friday, September 11th, it's down on the day over 3%. So that's why I say you really needed to buy into the fever of the anticipation that everybody in the world was going to buy a Peloton bike and be home and work out and never go to a gym again. And everybody was going to go onto the Zoom platform and never go into the office again. And a company like Moderna was going to come up with a vaccine or AstraZeneca and that sent biotech going. And now we have reality. The reality check is that those things all got overvalued. Certainly, though tech stocks, and we're talking about the classic ones, Apple, which of course we know split, Tesla, which also split, but Google and Amazon, they all rallied in anticipation. And now the reality is without this next stimulus check that people are hoping for, what's going to happen? People are going to run out and buy an $1,800 bike unit if they're stuck at home? No. No. If people are going to upgrade to a new iPhone if they are not getting stimulus checks or their furlough money is run out or they don't think they're going to get back to work, no. And so I would say right now what we really need to do is basically keep the powder dry until such time that we get some kind of money, if we get some kind of money, out of the government. Because the other big question mark we have right here is Second wave potential as the weather's getting colder
0: exactly and we 're seeing that happen across the world. Lots of different countries who got back to relative normalcy are now going back into the the protective measures that many of us in the u s have been for months and months and months,
2: and that just goes to show you the insidious nature of covid. The, they still don't really know very much about it, how it spreads, who gets it and why. Uh, the the vaccine the, this week had a great disappointment when uh, AstraZeneca said that they did some trials and it turned out to be more harmful than good. And then, of course, even if we do get a vaccine, which everybody's hoping for, distribution is going to be a factor on that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things to be worried about right now under the umbrella of. Will we have a stimulus package? What the Dems want is a two, three trillion dollar stimulus package. What has been countered by the Republicans is an eight hundred billion dollar. And this all sounds like a lot of money, but there's a real big spread between eight hundred billion and three trillion. So that's what w- that's why the market hasn't collapsed yet. We're seeing some pressure coming into the market. Nasdaq certainly now has broken down today under what has been a bullish phase, really basically uh, for the last month and built to that from the March low. A SPY is breaking down. Uh, the Russell 2000 never really did what the rest of the market did, but it's it's also having issues today. So uh, I think what's keeping the market from going through a complete swoon is the hope that the, that the government is going to come out with something.
0: We'll see. And what happens? Uh, how like how does the election play into all of this? Well, that's such a great question.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've been like basically obsessed with trying to be one step ahead of what could happen as we're going to, closer to the election. So let's talk. Go, let's, before we go into one of the other areas, let's 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 talk about here this the stimulus package and politics. So <laughs> November <laughs> November third is the election, right? And here we are, September 11th, and nothing has been done yet. Do you want to be the party that is known as the party that not only killed the stock market, but put millions and millions of more people not only out of work, but not able to even put food on their table? Um, or do you want to be the party that, at the end of the day, came up with the compromise which actually gave money to people and to small businesses? And of course, the answer would be B, in an election year, right? Yeah. So, I, I think in my sort of cynical way and practical way that they're waiting purposely oh. to, get closer, to get closer to the election. And that probably by the time we get, and I mean, I, I can't imagine the devastation that will happen in another month. So unless devastation starts to really occur, but if not, what happens in in the next month, I think you're going to see, because if they do the stimulus package now, That gives them really basically six weeks before the election. People have a short memory, and if it doesn't do what the intention of it is to do after the dust settles, that will be politically dangerous for them. If they wait another three weeks or so and it has a good impact and the market starts to rally again – then, um, you know, Trump can come out and say, hey, look, we gave you money. Look how things are doing. The economy's improving. The stock market's back at new highs. All good. It's even going to be better next year.
0: I have to tell you about my new obsession, Notion, our sponsor today. Notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion, you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto generate action items, get answers to questions in minutes, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash etm and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash etm. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it, or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business, so you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable design so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. You can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress, and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's monarchmone dot etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust, she is a golden mountain doodle, and she is full of spunk and fun, and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie, and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Programme. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple, you use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCA petinsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCA petinsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCA petinsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. You know what makes life more fun? Having your money situation solved. I mean, how great would that be? I want to introduce you to The Stacking Benjamin Show, a podcast that I am a big fan of that delivers exactly what you want most when you listen to money podcasts. Less preaching and more genuine money talk. Do you want to learn how to build wealth and manage your money? Well, The Stacking Benjamin Show has you covered, with practical advice and expert insights on personal finance. Their headline segments keep you up to date with the latest lessons to be learned from the news, and their TikTok minute shines a light on just how bizarre money advice can be online sometimes. The Stacking Benjamin Show was just named the best personal finance podcast by Bankrate. Here's what they said about it. Unlike other competitors hitting the airwaves, the team doesn't tote Stacking Benjamins as the be-all end-all, for lessons on money. Instead, they share a broad range of concepts and resources to create a more comprehensive financial foundation for their listeners. And listen, they have a lot of fun on their show. Even I have been a guest from time to time and I always go away with a big smile on my face. So if you're looking to find a companion podcast that goes great with this show, tune into Stacking Benjamins. Find them on all major podcast platforms, including where you're listening to us right now. Your wallet will thank you. We've got an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Claire, and Claire says, Hi, Shauna. I'm so grateful for you and Millennial Money. I've been working on creating a solid money strategy for years, and although I feel empowered when I look at my accounts, I also feel pretty stressed out. Listening to Millennial Money is like a meditation for me. Hearing you break things down in a simple way is so calming and encouraging. My question today is about saving for a down payment on a home. I'm incredibly proud of paying off my debt and saving $20,000 as a public school teacher. Yay. And my goal is to have $40,000 by this time next year. I realize that I'm extremely fortunate to not live in a city where $200,000 can only buy a parking spot. Yes, for sure, Claire. However, when I take a look at my savings account, 0.8% APY, I feel like my money isn't working for me. It's just sitting there. Is there a better place to save such a large sum of money? Claire, first off, thank you so much for this question, and thank you so much for the compliment. I've heard that my voice has this meditative quality about it, but it's so strange to actually think of myself that way. I just love what I do, and I love being able to bring so many different money topics to you every week. It's just such a pleasure that you all tune in to hear me, but this is a great question and a huge congrats to you, Claire. Let's just stop for a sec and really recognize what you've done. Paying off debt and saving $20,000 is it's a huge milestone. I mean, its it's amazing that you've been able to do that. So I want to make sure that you give yourself a pat on the back and that you're really proud of yourself. But yes, bank savings accounts, high yield savings accounts, any savings accounts right now. They're just a drag. (laughs) You're essentially losing money because it just can't keep up with inflation. But the plus is that when your money is in a high yield savings account or a money market or even in a CD, your money is theoretically kept safe, right? So we're not putting the money in the stock market where, yes, we have the opportunity for a lot of gain, but we also have the opportunity for a lot of loss. So if you're saving for something like a home down payment, I don't want you to have your money in risky funds inside the stock market or in certain stocks. Some people do really well that way, but it just really isn't, in my opinion, good advice to store money that you're going to need in a short period of time in something that is risky. So if you need money in, let's say, a year to two, a high-yield savings account is probably the best. You probably don't want to hear that, but It's just the fact of the matter. And high yield savings accounts are paying pretty low interest right now. And that's just due to the low interest environment that we're in. I don't think this is going to change really anytime soon. Right now in September, I looked at a couple of articles and VARO is paying around 1.21% for high yield savings right now. They're really leading the industry on their savings account. But remember, this can change. So whether you want to switch your high yield savings account to something that's paying higher interest that's completely up to you but i just wanted to make sure that you that you knew about that uh second if you're like 2 to 3 yearish out from when you're going to buy your house you could maybe look at CDs or treasuries but you're still not going to be earning a lot of interest probably somewhere around 1.2 to 1.5% so you're going to get a little bit more, but not a huge chunk of money. So I, I wish <laughs> I had better news for you, Claire. Uh, you know, things could change if the interest rate changes, but I really don't anticipate that either way for the foreseeable future, seeing as the global pandemic and so many different things that are going to happen between even now and the beginning of next year. But I would say for now, just Keep focused on saving where you're at. If you want to move to another high-yield savings account that has a little higher interest, maybe look into that. But the unfortunate reality is when we're trying to keep our cash safe, we want to also keep it in a conservative place. So again, we don't expose it to the risk of losing some of that money. And to do so in a low-interest environment means we're just not going to earn very much interest. So Claire, again, I wish I had better news for you, but... but. The silver lining is, by this time next year, you're going to have enough money to buy your house. And that is an amazing achievement. It's so sneaky. I mean, when you start really this is what fascinates me and probably my listeners have heard me go on about this, but when you really dig to the bottom of money (laughs) and and you start to look at it from a different perspective than just your own, where money sort of flows in and out of your bank account. But when you really start to understand how all of this works, it's, it's just all really fascinating. It's probably the best word I can, I can put in there.
2: Well, you really understand how manipulated things are and, I mean, this has been the year of, uh, I know the word is so overused, but unprecedented manipulation, if you will. But I also want to go back to this other part of your question, uh, and that is there's something else going on. And it's not just here, by the way. It's all over the world. But let's focus on the United States. And that's this social unrest. And I believe that even though it has been really targeted on social aspects, it will and already has started to go more towards wealth inequality. And of course, the stimulus package that people are dying to get because they really desperately need the money, this is where they're starting to feel like they're in the middle of a political football game and they're suffering. And people are already angry, and they're getting angrier, and you can see the demonstrations everywhere. And what makes these demonstrations so different than when I was growing up, where we had demonstrations against the Vietnam War, and for the Equal Rights Amendment, etc., is that people are armed now. Yeah. And that makes this actually very, very dangerous. And as we get closer to the election, I would not be see, surprised to see the... um Amount of protests and the, the, the veracity of, uh, of people's emotions rise even further.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I foresee. I hope I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, but that's definitely what, no matter what happens, that's definitely what I'm, I'm sort of predicting. So how do you as, Let's say you're just an investor who puts money in your 401k or your IRA or your Roth. How, how do you position yourself uh, through this, these next few months of, of 2020? Do you do anything different or what should you be thinking about?
2: Well, I know you and I discussed this in December and probably discuss it again in March. And that is you definitely do not want to be a passive investor. You don't want to, and th- this is even before pandemic. You and I talked about this, so this is something that we've always believed in: is that, and if you're young. I could understand where maybe you say, all right, if I put money in certain stocks, growth stocks or value stocks or wherever you want, and by the way, value has gotten killed uh, and I can hang on for the next 10, 20 years, 30 years, that's one thing, but I don't necessarily advocate that. But if you are a baby boomer or closer to retirement or need that money, having the notion that I'm going to sit through another downturn because the market always comes back is dangerous and even more so now. And let me tell you why. We as a country now have debt that exceeds our entire economy or entire gross domestic product. So that is the debt that we have right now is concerning because it also models what happened in Japan. And in Japan, and I think I actually may have used this example for you in the past. In Japan, it peaked in the late 80s, their economy and their market, the Nikkei. If you look at it here in 2020, it's still not back to where it was when it peaked. And Mm -hmm. up until a year ago, it was only half. It's come back a little bit since because of the devaluation of currencies and also because of the um, interest rates. But still not back. So can this happen to the United States? You know, we have sort of this entitlement feeling here that uh, to be bullish in America and on America. But. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm still ultimately optimistic that we'll get through this, but get through this. What is that going to be six months, a year, two years, four years? Who knows? So the point is, is that I wouldn't panic at this point because as I said, the stimulus could come out at any time, especially if they think the market's under threat and you'll see everything go back up. But I would certainly be evaluating my 401s What am I already underwater in? Because most likely that will become even more underwater. Can I afford to sit with that? Can I get out? And before I started going into a lot more positions, unless I really understood what I was doing, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, I would certainly be looking at the possibility of... Figuring out what's safe, which is not so easy to do right now because even bonds may not be safe, number one, and number two is possibly going to cash even though the dollar is declining and you're not getting anything for your money, at least it's cash. I mean, and that's why we've been talking a lot about gold, but we'll get to that in a moment.
0: So real curious, just for somebody who's listening, because I'm sure there's somebody asking this question, what does it mean if you're uh, underwater in, in one of your funds in your 401k, IRA, et cetera, et cetera? Just explain that for someone so they could really understand what that means. Well,
2: if you are a financial planner or who money manager or who's ever been handling your 401 or yourself for that matter, has been buying value stocks for the last year, you are underwater. That means you are losing money. And so you're not getting any return on that investment. And it could even get worse, especially if the market has a meltdown. In fact, even through this rally, value has so underperformed growth stocks that we have not seen this level of difference between the value and the growth historically, except for twice in our history. Can you guess the years that might have happened before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
2: <laughs> I'll take a wild guess on one.
0: Uh, is it somewhere around 2008,
2: 2009? Well, actually before that, 2000. That 2000, would be one, okay, yep, right? yep. Okay, and now let's go really back in time. The other time was 1928.
0: Wow, ah. okay, okay, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah.
2: So... You know, I don't, I, I, these days I'm finding it very difficult to, uh, talk realistically without sounding a little bit like the doom and gloomer. And I don't really want to be a doom and gloomer. But at the same time, I want people to be realistic that if we cannot come back, Regardless of who the president is, by the way, if we cannot come back right away because growth has been so stinted, we get a second wave and the stimulus is not enough or the stimulus helps but creates another issue, which we're going to talk about in a moment, I would be cautious about what's in my portfolio and I'd be having a look at it for sure and being protective because you can always get back in when things improve. You're not going to miss yeah. out. Pe- people have this FOMO, you know, you're missing out thing. And that's dangerous. Passive uh, uh, investing is dangerous. We're programmed to fail. So we don't mind taking huge losses because we think hey, we don't deserve to make money anyway, which is kind of some weird psychology that we have as human beings. We're much more fearful of success. Um, and so we that makes us do stupid things.
0: I love what you just said, because I talk about that a lot and kind of get the side look from people. But it is very true. It is very true. And it seeps into everything that we do. It's just, it's so fascinating how the financial industry even has programmed us that we're, we're going to be in debt, we're not going to make the right decisions. Fill in the blank, fill in the blank. It's, it's fascinating to me. Um
2: Oh, the whole corporate world is programmed to make us feel like failures, and there you have a solution for it, (laughs) you know, whether it's the drug companies or the food companies or the tech companies, everybody has, I mean, I, I, you know, this is a whole other thing, and I I don't talk about this very much, but, you know, if you want to be sort of a conspiracy theorist, in a sense. All you have to do is look at what corporations have done to Americans. They've made them fat, stupid, lazy, and dependent on on instruments and tools, thinking that that's the only way that they can show they have any worth.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Can we put an exclamation point on that? (laughs) 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 Well, it's, it's so great, you know, to talk with you because a lot of, of course, I am, you know, deep in the personal finance world. I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I read a lot of blogs. Just- for purely educational purposes to see the messaging that's going on out there. And there's a lot of messaging on just pick your your index fund, put your money in it, and just let it ride. And, you know, I, it's, it's so hard, I think, for a lot of people. A lot of the questions I get from listeners is, I just don't know how to decipher all this information. I, I don't know exactly what to do. And either they end up in the camp of not doing anything or... Or they end up in the camp of, okay, I just, yeah, I'm just going to throw my money in this, in this one thing. And again, you know, cross my fingers and hope it all ends up well. And, you know, I think there's a real fear and also frustration for people of just the stock market investing. It just feels like something they're supposed to do, but it's, it feels almost intangible in a way of, of how do I, how do I pick something and how do I do something from even a logical standpoint?
2: Well, yeah. And and people should be confused. It's confusing right now. Everything has been artificially uh, propped, essentially. Uh, I mean, even, you know, let's go back to Peloton. I like to use that as an example. Uh, In fact, last night, my hairdresser came over. Um, I'm now getting my hair done in the house, which is really nice. And, <laughs> and one of the first things she said is I'm thinking about buying a Peloton bike. What do you think? I heard, I heard the earnings came out. I mean, this is my hairdresser, right? Uh, everybody's paying attention to the stock market right now. Everybody. Cause it's the best game in town and they're home. And my response to her was, it's a fad. Uh, it's very expensive. It's $1,800. And I bet if you wait a month or two, you'll probably be able to get that same bike for 1200 So just wait. And I think that's kind of basically what I'm saying here is that if you're looking to enter the market now, probably if you wait a month or two, you're going to be able to get in much cheaper. I'm not saying never ever get into the stock market again, or we're you know we're going to hell in a handbasket, or we're going to have five years of a bear market, or in the case of Japan, twenty years of a bear market. I I, I still believe in our country, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily be accumulating equities right this minute in time until like I said, we see some kind of a stimulus package, and then even then, I would take advantage of what happens after that, which would probably be a rally, but I would also be looking to take profits into that rally if it starts to look like it's getting stretched, which is exactly what happened in all these stocks. But I want to mention another area that we also talked about. I was very ahead of the game here in December, and that was the idea of stagflation. Do you remember us talking about that? Yes, yes. Well, now all of a sudden... Everybody's talking about inflation or stagflation. Uh, And so when I was laughed at, well, I wasn't exactly laughed at, but when people raised an eyebrow when I would talk about stagflation, now all of a sudden it's it's really becoming a true factor. So what does stagflation mean? It means the economy stagnates, which of course is what we're seeing. It looked like we had this little peak even in the unemployment numbers that went down, to uh, 8.4 percent in August. Now, September, jobless claims are showing that number is probably not going to be as good for September. Uh, So, we may have peaked there. Manufacturing, we may have peaked there. Obviously, the market looks like maybe it's peaked again. So, that's where we don't necessarily have to go into recession, although we could, or even depression, although we could. But we're going to go for stagnation right now. Then what happens is you have commodities or raw materials, things that people need, go up in price. That's the inflation part of the stagflation. And that's already been happening. Soybeans, corn, not so much wheat, but soybeans and corn in particular have gone up a lot over the last few months. Gold, rallied to 2,000 an ounce and has come off since then, but it's still very strong. Silver uh, also rallied up to about $30, and now that's also come down, but still very strong. Um, platinum, copper, palladium, all of these raw materials have already gone up in price. You go to the store to buy food, it's a freaking fortune. The only thing that has not gone up in price, which is why you're not seeing inflation numbers reflect that, is uh, oil. Yeah, and so that's been sort of a saving grace except that the flip side of that is that it also means that the demand is so low for energy, uh, although alternative energy has gone up, but for actual coal, oil, uh, natural gas – all of this is showing the real uh, lack of demand that we're having right now. So um, that's why you're not seeing the inflation numbers. But that has not made me change my mind at all about the stagflation. And we talked about it showing up in gold and silver and food commodities, and that is exactly where it's showing up.
0: So I mean, you are just like a wealth of information. I always love talking with you. I. I- Go on and on about your book, Plant Your Money Tree. I just love it. It, it currently still sits by my, uh, bed <laughs> on my bedside Aww. table. And I, you know, pick it up and reread certain parts because it's just the way you break these things down. I think is, is a, is a way that's super approachable to people who aren't familiar. Even people who are familiar with this, it's still, it's, uh, you help demystify a lot. So I'm, I'm curious if somebody's listening and, they want to learn more. Like they really want to be smart and educated about these concepts. You know, Besides picking up your book, like what are some of the other ways that, that someone could really learn about this and maybe try to be ahead of some of these trends?
2: Well, I think you have to watch two, well, more than two things. But, so I'm going to say three things. Okay. Number one is watch the dollar. The dollar has gone way down since and anybody can do this you don't have to be a financial expert to, to follow the track of what the dollar is worth versus the euro or versus the yuan or versus the japanese yen and it's gone down a lot in value this year so you want to watch that because this threats to the dollar for many reasons but one of the biggest reasons right now is china is starting to reevaluate how much they want to invest in the us dollar and the actual electronic won is doing better. But if we have any threat at all, which again, people thought was ridiculous when I said this a year ago, but now people are starting to entertain as the world reserve currency, that would be pretty disastrous. Let's pray and hope that doesn't happen. But even if that doesn't happen, if the dollar continues to decline, initially it's good for things, right? Because if the dollar is cheaper then people and exports can happen more in the US dollar more readily. But at some point that reverses and it becomes really bad and it becomes inflationary. So that's number one thing to watch. If you wanna watch for a stagflation environment, just simply look at the price of gold and the dollar. Second, look at the treasury bonds, the 20 plus year long bonds. They've been holding and they went up a lot, but they haven't gone up that much more then you would think they would be at this point, especially when the market's coming off. And that's something to look at too, because if the yields continue to fall, then you'll see the TLTs go up and that could be at least a temporary safety play. But if the market falls and yields uh, and what they call the yield curve continues to squeeze or flatten, then maybe what's going to happen is the Fed can't afford to go below zero and actually that would turn out worse. You wanna watch the dollar, you wanna watch the yields. And thirdly, you wanna watch volatility. And there's an index for that. It's called the volatility index. VIX is the actual continuous contract or the futures of the VIX, but VXX is the actual ETF that is easily traded. And even if you decide never to trade it, you should just watch it. And if you look at the dollar, the bonds, check the price of gold and the volatility and you understand what phase they're all in, Then I think you're going to be pretty well prepared for is it time to jump into the market, out of the market, time to buy more gold, time to, uh, you know, take my dollars and maybe convert them into euro. I mean, I don't know. There's just like many, many things that one can do. But those are the things that you should absolutely focus on the most, I believe.
0: But it doesn't have to be. I love what you just said because it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to spend eight hours a day looking at these things. There are some relatively simple things you can do to get educated and to do your best to try and stay ahead of some of these curves. And I think that's what people are really looking for. Like, how do I do this and still manage my life? But, you know, be smart with with these concepts. So I, I love that you break it down that way.
2: Well, if we just take a look at phases, which is what my book is about. So the dollar's in a bearish phase, the bonds right now are in a caution phase, the gold is in a bullish phase, and the volatility right now is in a an accumulation phase. So put that all together, right? The dollar's going down, the bonds are not sure what to do, gold is definitely holding here in a bullish phase, and the volatility is starting to accumulate. So that's what you want to watch. It's that simple, really. That can help you make a lot of smart decisions.
0: Well, Mish, as always, this is it's so great to chat with you. I feel like we're going to have like our, our quarterly chats. Uh, the listeners, The listeners love you. So I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can go to pick up a copy of your book and connect with you if, if they want to learn more.
2: Okay, well, the book um, is Plant Your Money Tree, A Guide to Growing Your Wealth. And you can if you go to our website, which is marketgauge.com, the first thing you see is the banner picture of me and the book so you can buy it through our website and if you do you get a bonus you get a free bonus of a video of me explaining the phases otherwise it's sold at amazon which by the way it went to bestseller category this year in uh, retirement planning or wealth planning i forget which one uh, you, oh, yay yeah i know you can get it on amazon you can get it on um you can get it in target you can get it in walmart you can get it in barnes and noble all it's not hard to find so uh And then if you want to reach me personally, there's a couple of really good ways to see what I'm thinking and doing. Number one is Twitter. That's probably the best way. I'm on FinTwit. I'm very active on Twitter. uh, And I post my daily blogs there. I do a weekly presentation for free with Stock Charts, which actually just came out today, every Thursday afternoon. These are really good ways to hear and see and and talk to me. Uh, And my Twitter handle is at Market Minute. Um, and so that would be great because you can just ask me a question and I really do take the time to answer everybody. That's what I do. Uh, I feel very passionately about helping people as much as I can. Or you could just simply send me an email and that would be m i s h Marketgage.com.
0: As always, please make sure you do your own research when it comes to investing, but episodes like this should get the wheels in your head moving and get you excited about investing. When we approach our money from a fear standpoint, investing can feel overwhelming and daunting, but when we approach our money with education and a sense of intrigue, you're able to see things in a whole different way. So if nothing else, if nothing else I highly suggest you pick up a copy of Mish's book, Plant Your Money Tree, because it is one for the
1: bookshelf. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, Leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.